Hi, welcome to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open, affirming congregation, and we're so glad you found us. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our weekly messages, we hope that you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your faith journey. Please listen with us now. In some of my previous calls in the pastorate, I taught parents groups, mostly moms groups, but we had dads groups too and some couples classes. There were book clubs and podcast series, joint play dates, and we had our share of wine nights. And one of the topics that I enjoyed most in teaching parents of young children about was baptism. It was a good foundational class, baptism as an essential part of the Christian identity. And I enjoyed revisiting these basic instructions semester after semester because I found that I always learned something new. So with that in mind, welcome to the parents' baptismal class. There will be a quiz right after the sermon. Just kidding. Um, There's never a quiz. But I do want to revisit the instructions in that class because it's a good way to approach this topic, to approach this mystery, to approach this sacrament. So first off, class, I want to remind you of the three C's of baptism. The three C's of baptism. They are that we are claimed by God, that we are cleansed from sin, and that we are called into the community of Christ. Okay, that's really five C's, but community, claimed, and cleansed. These are the three C's of baptism. And in the first C, claimed, we learn that God claims you as God's very own since before you were born. And we see that with the waters of baptism. We see that God's grace is poured out. We see that there is nothing you can do to earn God's grace. We see that there is nothing you can do to lose it either. With baptisms, the forehead is touched again and again. You're marked in the sign of the cross with the water. So all will see who you truly are. You're branded in baptism as a beloved child of God. One of my past professors at seminary, um, I never had him, but he was at the seminary where I attended, was an important theologian and scholar by the name of Daniel Migliore. And he has this to say about baptism. Whether baptized as children or whether baptized as adults, our baptism signifies primarily what God has graciously done for us already. It is upon this, what God has done for us already, that our faith rests. That's the first C of baptism, where we remember that we are claimed by God as God's beloved children. The example I give of what this looks like in real life, of this claimed uh, knowledge in baptism, is from the baptism liturgy itself. One of the best parts of the baptism as a pastor is when you're baptizing an infant, when you're baptizing a child, and you get to walk that baby down the aisles. 
Usually it goes decently. Sometimes that baby is kicking and screaming, wanting to go back to mom. But when you get to walk that baby down the aisles, the suited up gentlemen bend over and wave hello. The fanciest ladies mouth and baby talk. And the grumpiest of church folk break out into smiles. It's something to behold. And it's because that baby is cute, sure, but as I mentioned, sometimes the babies get a little crazy. And some of the very same people who might get excited about kids moving around or being too loud, they're the same people who break out with the peace and the smile. So it's not just the child. No, the smiles from the pews, they're about something more. It's about the sea of being claimed because when you walk the baby around, it's so easy to see that foundational principle of baptism that that baby did not earn God's grace. Babies, you know, they eat and they sleep and they mess their diapers and that's all. And yet we see in baptism that God extravagantly loves them, that God calls them clearly. And when we see a child walk through the aisles, we remember, you and I, that we are loved with that same extravagant, abundant, pouring out love too that the wonderful waters of an abundant God are found in baptism, where love and grace are poured out for us all. Now, class, the second C is cleansed. In the waters of baptism, we are cleansed from sin, and we are given new life. We are raised to new life through the waters of baptism. It's an idea of rebirth of recommitting. And that's why one of the three baptismal questions that we always ask includes language about turning away from the ways of sin in the world and turning to discipleship in Christ. When I work with elementary age kids who are old enough to answer their own questions but aren't quite ready to hear the language of sin and evil in the world, this is the question I ask them. Do you want to turn from away from any of the bad ways in the world and instead turn to Jesus and follow the ways that he shows us to love and how to live in the world? And the new life that this baptism offers is more profound. The cleansing that we find in the waters of baptism is more profound than just an individual's personal faith journey. Baptism is, after all, it's not an altar call, and it's not a sequence of a prayer of confession. The cleansing of baptism has another function, too. When we are cleansed in the waters of baptism, we are cleaned so that we might put on the new clothes of Christ. There's plenty of language in Scripture about putting on the clothes of Christ, the garments of God, it's about being united with Christ and the people of God. In Paul's letter to the Galatians, he says it this way. As many of you, as were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. And then there is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female. 
for all of you are one in Christ Jesus. In the waters of baptism, we are cleaned so that we put on that clothing, those new clothes, the wrappings required by the people of God. This cleansing is a good thing to remember when working with families, too, in my parents' class, because admittedly, they sometimes have a hard time seeing that sea, the cleanse from sin, in their little innocent children, babies who are about to be baptized. You don't look at a child and say, yep, what that kid needs is a good deep clean from all that sinning. <laughs> Hopefully you don't look at other people and think that too, but definitely not a child. And I get that. So instead, I lead them to think of that cleansing of baptism around this language of being clothed in Christ. And I give them this image to think of it this way, and maybe it will help you, to, you too. You know how if a little baby is in a tub getting their bath, and you know how when you're getting ready to pull that little baby up out of that water that's gotten a little cold and is still a little sudsy, you pull them out and you wrap them real quick. You wrap them up in one of those towels that they got at the baby shower that's adorable with some kind of animal on the hood. But you dress them and you wrap them and they're ready for whatever that day sends their way. That's what we do in our baptisms too. Whatever age you are, we are washed in the waters, we are then bundled up in the armor of Christ, in the good garments of God, in the new wrappings of a Christian life. And here's really good news. Babies, kids, adults, once you're wrapped in that clothing of Christ, you will always be dressed this way. When we send folks out into the world, we do not know what God will send the way. But what we do know and what we do affirm as the church is that you carry God as close as your clothes from the waters and the washing of baptism. And with this, you make your way into the world knowing that God has called you, claimed you, and cleansed you for this new life in Christ. That is the cleansing of baptism. Now the final C of baptism stands for community. Sometimes when you're doing a baptism, sometimes it can take on the trappings of a family reunion. Maybe it's been like this in baptisms you've seen at Covenant too, right? Because it's a wonderful time for sets of grandparents to come in and for friends from the neighborhood to gather. You might have uh, sponsors or godparents, folks around who want to come and celebrate this big day with you. Grandparents will take pictures and maybe even have the child wear the baptismal gown that they wore and that was passed down to them from generations ago. So the family is there in baptism. But this third C, the community C, 
is really not about that traditional family. The community of baptism is about the family of faith. That you are called by the waters of baptism to these people and to these relationships too. You'll remember from baptisms that you've seen in the past or ones maybe you've participated in yourself that in every liturgy in the Presbyterian Church, there are places for the congregation to answer questions in a baptism. And it's not just the parents then who are publicly affirming their belief in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. It's not just the parents who agree to bring up their kid in the life of faith. But in addition to these questions, the congregation has to answer too. An elder stands from the pulpit, pries her eyes away from the cute scene at the font, looks the congregation straight in the eyes and asks, this child will be received into Christ's church and this congregation has a role in their nurture. To that end, do you promise with God's help to support the child's parents by providing opportunities for service, for worship, for study? Do you promise to love this child and to assist him in becoming a faithful follower of Jesus Christ? If so, please respond. And the congregation says, we do. <laughs> the congregants affirm in the baptismal liturgy and something mysterious happens. In the surprise of the sacrament, family lines are redrawn. And those little babies have more mothers and fathers and grandmothers and granddads and brothers and sisters and siblings than they have ever had before. And adults who receive the sacrament, they have a new family too, a church family. And the baptized take up their place in the wider Christian community. It matters to them. And in the surprise and the mystery of the sacrament, it matters to you too. I'll never forget when I was interning one year at Nassau Presbyterian Church in Princeton, New Jersey, and I was stuck in the nursery on Easter Sunday. I didn't mind. I liked being with the kiddos, and I'm sure I'd been to worship that day. I'll never forget, though, what happened back there in the nursery, how the community, that last sea of baptism, was made real. Well, there was a little girl who was toddling away, getting into this and that. Her parents must not have been regulars because she didn't really seem like she was at home in the nursery. She was fussing a little whiny as she explored the room, trying to decide what she would play with. Well, suddenly she pulled up short in front of an elder who had also somehow drawn volunteer nursery duty that day. So tugging on her dress and puffing up her face, she stared at that woman and she demanded, who are you and what are you doing here? I suppose the elder, in retrospect, must have looked a little fancy for the nursery she maybe was a little older too, since it was staffed with uh, childcare workers and interns mostly, except on Easter Sunday. But without missing a beat, the woman said to her, 
Hi, my name is Carol, and on your baptism day, I promise to love you and teach you about Jesus. <laughs> and the little girl paused for a moment to let that sink in. And then she seemed much more at home the rest of the morning. This is a good news. This is the good news, friends. The Lord's Prayer doesn't begin my Father. The Lord's Prayer begins our Father. When you are a young parent and you're exhausted at the end of a terribly long day, there are other people praying for your child too. When you are alone in a hospital room and you're facing a surgery, there is a family of faith who holds you in their prayers. When you are facing a grief and a loss that seems unimaginable in your family, your church family is facing it with you too. When we are washed in the waters, baptized, we are claimed by God and we are cleansed from sin and we are clothed in Christ and we are drawn into a new and a lasting community. So that's your three C's. I actually think y'all would do good on a quiz. But to close the class, after we finished up the three C's, I'd offer a little reminder about the sacraments in general. I'd say there are two sacraments. Can anyone guess them? Six years of baptism classes, I don't think ever, anyone ever got that right. <laughs> Sometimes these young parents would guess marriage or uh, anointing the sick, maybe from Catholic backgrounds. But for the sacraments in the Reformed faith, there were only two. And here's a hint I would say to the parents, that means they're really important. There are only two. Baptism and the Lord's Supper. They are directly commanded by Jesus in Scripture, take, eat, drink, you've heard those words before, baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Here's another clue that they're important. Only ministers of word and sacrament can administer them. They can only be done at certain times and in certain ways. Instruction is required before you partake. They have to be approved by session. The sacraments are a mystery. They are important, they are holy, they are the visible signs that we get of God's invisible grace. In the Presbyterian Church, we believe they are made effective by the Holy Spirit. That means that we believe that the risen Lord is with us in the waters of baptism, in the breaking of the bread, and in the pouring of the cup. God shows up for us there. And I close with the words of a children's curriculum. Godly play, which you guys may be getting used to, and that we give to the kids on Sunday morning. Because in godly play, what they say about the sacrament is beautiful. What they say is in the service. When you come to the sacrament, the time for words is over.
when you come to the sacrament and you remember the story of Jesus at his own baptism, where he was taken down into the dark and the chaos of the water, and his cousin John pulled him up out of the water, and the people around thought they heard a voice, and the voice said, this is my beloved child with whom I am well pleased. We remember that story in the sacrament. The time for words is over, and slowly we are there, and they are here, and a voice still speaks. This is my beloved child, with whom I am well pleased. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. I invite you to visit our website, covpresatl.org. That's C-O-V-P-R-E-S-A-T-L.org. There you'll find current worship information, links to our live Sunday morning streaming service, and our full archive of recorded services. You'll also find out more about us and how to get in touch. I wish you well in these strange times. God is with us. Grace and peace to you.